Welcome to the Air Power Airwaves, the Air Power Manufacturing Solutions podcast series where we talk about manufacturing issues that impact you. Hey, this is Travis Steerwalt. Welcome to another round of Air Power Airwaves podcast. Today, I have some really, really smart people from Air Power in here. <laughs> I'm waiting for Tyler to respond. <laughs> Uh, you guys are going to have fun today. It's going to be a wild ride. Uh, okay, I'm going to introduce to you the leader of the service department at Air Power here in High Point. And actually, you cover all the service departments, right? That's correct. So that is Tyler Mabe. Tyler, good to have you. Good to see you, Travis. We've done some projects before. We uh, showcase of the service department. We, we did that a couple months ago. Yep, that was yeah. a lot of fun. We, did, we actually got some good traffic with that. I still think you could eat off the floor in there. All right. The person to my right is Chris Hawkins. Chris, this is your first time. Yeah. Uh, first time with us on the, the podcast. Actually, it's your first time too, right? We haven't yep. done a podcast. First time on the podcast. All right. So, Chris is a field service technician with Air Power. So, in a lot of ways, we, we think about service. We think about the traditional service department of, you know, well, things get dropped off and repaired. Sometimes that's not possible, and that's where this gentleman's department comes in. And uh, we are going to dig deeper into that today, too. But, guys, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. And just remember, man, get comfortable. Let's have a good time. And Jai's behind the camera over there. Jai, thank you. How about give me some some club sound? Yes, we're ready to go. All right. So, why does Air Power have a service department? Who wants to take that one? Well... The main focus of a service department is to repair what the customer has. We do air tools, battery power tools. Okay. Um, basically, it's just another point of sale for our account managers. So basically, if we sell it in the tool world, the chances are we're going to repair it or at least be the first ones to look at it. If air power sells it, we're going to be the ones to repair it. Okay, perfect. So uh, if you know... Air Power, you know, on our website, we have like top 50 brands that we deal with, right? A bunch of those. So I'd say some of the top brands we see is uh, Ingersoll Rand, Graco, Binks, Clico, Gima. Um, DeVilbus? DeVilbus. Yeah, we see a little bit of DeVilbus coming through. Uh, that's that's most of the top brands okay. I think we have. All right. So there's different types of service um i know there's service you know when something's broken obviously um but uh, we basically call it factory authorized service right right so that's that's where people actually have the training done to do the repairs the way the manufacturer correct so all of our technicians they do factory training on diagnostics so they're actually going to school for this yep being trained on that particular piece of equipment so Correct. they know everything that could possibly go wrong and yep. how to repair it. Sometimes these are two-day classes. Sometimes they're whole week classes. Oh, wow. So. Okay. Well, I mean, some of that stuff is pretty pretty intense. It is. Now, do you guys get into, uh, like, the proportioning systems and things like that, repairing things um, like that? Yes, we do. Uh, or is it more, more the components of it? So as far as proportioning, I mean, we do. We have, I mean, we have a couple PR70s in the service department right now. Okay. A great code PR70. Um, we have some HFRs back there. So Describe, describe Hydra- the... It's a hydraulic fixed ratio. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So I know what you're talking about now. All right. Cool. So 
How many service departments do we have at AirPower? This is by far the biggest one. So Hotplane is our largest service department. We have four guys here, uh, two coordinators. We have a branch in Baltimore. We have a branch in Salem, Virginia. We have a branch in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Orlando, Florida. Okay. Do we do we do repairs in all of those? Every single one of our branches does repairs. High Point can do pretty much anything that we sell. The other branches have their certain specialties. Okay. All right. Now I'm going to skip a little bit over to you and talk about the field service technicians. Now we we know from Tyler what the service department is and and kind of who who runs the show there or what they do. Um, talk to me about field service technicians. What's different in your role than, than their role? Um, my role is to, to show up on site on the customers at the customer's facility and either perform preventive maintenance. Um, it's a break or it's a breakdown situation. We're trying to fix, you know, and get them back up and running and back in production and things like that. Okay. Um, we do emergency phone calls and things like that. So basically if it's, uh, if it's a critical, urgent situation, or the part's too big to to just bring back, yes, uh, you guys are. Those are two, I guess, of the biggest reasons why you're going to go down there. Yeah, and you're to the customer. All right, uh, we talked about a few of these things already. I'm just trying to move through. Let's talk about typ- typical bench repair. Tyler and I have gone over uh, some of the key things that we want to talk about. Um, so the first one was preventative maintenance. How does that fall in? How does that work? Well, to- typically what would be ideal is for have the, cu- the customer have a backup piece of equipment. Okay. That way they can set up for like a quarterly, biannually, annually, getting their equipment serviced to keep them from being down. So when one goes down. So when one goes down, they can put the new equipment in its place, send it in for repair. Keeps, get it back and now have a backup correct so that when the same scenario goes down again right yeah okay yep. i'm following you there correct. okay and i'm sure you guys do some preventative maintenance in the field as well yes um, we try to set up contracts if the customer wants to each contract is kind of unique to the customer because everybody's needs are different and um but we also recommend that the customer have backup spare parts. Yep. So it makes the preventative maintenance easier. So we would install the new equipment, bring the old equipment back, turn it into the service department. They would rebuild it, and then we would just keep the rotation going. How often do you guys find that a backup piece of equipment is not there? I mean, it's over 50% of the time, man. Wow. And some of these aren't, like, ridiculously expensive, right? No, I mean... Just routine. So, I mean, on your fluid side, the equipment there can get a little more pricier than your tool side. I mean, just like at home, everyone's got three hammers, you know? Yep. They're inexpensive, but... Four, seven. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, when it comes to, you're talking a $10,000 piece of equipment, sometimes customers' funds aren't there to have two pieces Correct. of the same equipment. Correct. Which is where Chris comes in for an emergency call... He can get out to the customer and hopefully get them up and running. Yeah, but unless, even if it's a band-aid fix, yeah, for the time being. But I, I guess a service contract is in place, and I, I really don't want to get into a bunch of numbers here, but it's going to depend on what's set up to depend on how expensive that's going to be to repair. Correct? Yes. Like if the customer has an agree- agreement with us, does that pretty much 
fix a price on that that they've been able to work with us on outside of maybe the cost of goods that, that need to be there for repair? Yeah, uh, generally uh, that will fix a price. Um, there are certain times where if it's outside of the, the scope of the agreed upon maintenance, if it's an emergency outside of that, then it would be a separate charge gotcha. and things like that. But when you have a service contract, that all is outlined there, right? Like yes. what's what's expected, mm-hmm. and it's not an open-ended service contract. It's a, it's it's specific to what you're yes. writing the contract for. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna get into that a little bit later. Let's talk about uh, calibration. That also kind of falls into preventative maintenance, Correct. making sure that something is is making sure it's in spec. So right. So some of our customers have different standards as to when their equipment needs calibrating. This is more in reference to exact torque tools. Okay. So, let's say a customer's wanting to run something at 80 newton meters. This is like one of those, the critical torques, right? Right, it is. Yep. Okay. So, I mean, they're wanting to get 80 newton meters and they've been running their tool in their facility and they've tested their torque and see they're getting under or over the specified torque. They'll send that tool into us. We have equipment here to calibrate their equipment, which we send off yearly for our calibration. Okay. To be able to get them right to back to their correct specs. All right, all right. Uh, warranty repair. So all of our service locations that we discussed earlier, earlier, they're all factory authorized warranty centers. Okay. Um, Ingersoll Rand, Gema, Graco, Banks. And so all of those, you know, basically, if something falls within the warranty, it's sent back here when we work with them on that. Correct. All right. Um, we talked a little bit about emergency repair uh, in the field, but it, you deal with emergency repairs also, right? It's more in that world. So the way the economy's been lately, the emergency repairs and bench service have been a little more tough than they were a few years ago. What's driving that with emergency repairs? So parts. Lack of parts? It's a lack of parts, yep. yep. It's just delayed, delayed shipping times. and. So I remember this was uh, quite a while back when we did that, when we actually did the filming for the walkthrough right. of, the, of the lab, you had shelves that had already been through service, had already been diagnosed, and were just racked and rack, you know, racks filled with them. And, and I asked you, what are all these here for? You said, I'm waiting on parts. Yep. You know, is it still, has it gotten any better? Are we seeing any relief? So, yeah, it has gotten better. I think whenever we last did that walkthrough, at the time, I think there was over 800 tools back there. Okay. And as of yesterday, I think we were down to around 400 and some. So we're looking pretty good. Cool deal. All right. So we talked a little bit about service contracts. How can we get, uh, if a customer is interested in, in a service contract, how do they go about setting one up with us? Do you have to go out and kind of get your eyeball on it? Yeah. Um, a lot of times... If they'll get with their account manager first okay. and go over kind of what they're looking at. Um, if it's a simple system, a lot of times uh, they, I can look at pictures and figure out what they need as long as I have, you know, equipment model numbers and things like that. Um, if it's a little more complex, I like to go out with the account manager. We'll talk through it, you know, sit down with the customer and just ask them, you know, what do you want? out of this service contract you know a lot of it's out about a lot of it falls into the world of i guess liability like what how much are we willing to take on yes and at what cost 
versus in who's going to bear the weight of the responsibility of, of whatever that is. And that's probably as different as the project is. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I know uh, you're asking the questions, but question for Chris is, can you explain how a blanket PO kind of eases the pains of a normal service contract? A, a blanket PO can ease the pain as far as um, – if we're out on site and we see there's something else that needs to be done or the customer wants us to, you know, hey, take a look at this over add here on. and add on, it's easier to add on to a blanket PO and it, it covers, you know, the billing and the Versus invoices. Versus starting up the whole yes, choo right. train all over yes. again. Yep. Does that work in your world here too? Yeah, blanket POs are great. I mean, typically if a customer has a blanket PO, if the cost of the repair is below 50%, we can usually move forward with the repair. It's like automatically go ahead and repair it. Yep. We'll just send but the if it falls the over that 50%. Then the customer has the option to, well, they always have the option. You have to notify them anyway. Yeah, they're going to be notified yep. even if it's below 50%. They got to authorize it. But to they're just going to, gonna be, yep, just an authorization just to say, go ahead. And okay. that way they're not having to get with their accounting department. Yep. Get another PO for each tool that comes in, especially if you have multiple tools coming in at one time so if somebody let's say they may not be uh, buying from air power now they're interested because they're interested in possibly a service contract for the ease of doing business for them um, do they just call the 800 number they can just call the 800 number so 800-334-1001 and uh, just talk to somebody press two for service press two for service department you might get to him you may get me you might get tyler all right so uh let's uh shift gears a little bit and talk about some of the common things that that field service does you know the outside field service in the field and first of all how far i mean air power we have you know we have offices in i mean our our basic geography is let's call it the you know maybe new york uh pennsylvania the virginias uh, you come down, you've got Kentucky, you know, a lot of Kentucky, um, and then possibly a little, little bit in Arkansas, Mississippi for sure, Louisiana, and everything in the southeast from that, the, the whole push. So with that, we have reach down to Orlando. We have reach up to Baltimore. We have reach over to Chattanooga, which is central to that, you know, right. that southeast. And uh, then you have others, I mean, obviously, uh, Salem's in there as well, but and Greenville. But with that, um, do in some cases, does the team, your team, do you guys travel from here anywhere, or do we have other people in those other branches that do s- serious field service? We, we do have uh, people in the branches that do other field service, but we also, um, right now is a growing part of the company so we're trying to get more and more people on board but yes we do have a couple of guys that help us out um but we do travel wherever needed so i guess right now it's basically up to their proficiency whoever we have in another office as as we grow yes if if we have a service contract and the need is there and you're the one that can fix it you're going yeah. All right. So, what kinds of projects are very typical in field service and and with uh, as well as service contracts? Um, typically, we handle a lot of uh, 
uh, breathing air applications. That'd be like Bullard and yeah, Bullard Air Systems. Okay. We go out. We do yearly um, air quality testing. Okay. We do uh, monthly calibrations, and we also do filter changes, whole plant filter changes, things like that. For, so those for are any those, breathing air. The breathing air, uh, and that's required yes. by law. So, you know, there's a lot of things that have to be inspected with that. So I can't tell you how many people that I've seen that don't monitor that. And uh, I hope I hope someone doesn't get caught not monitoring that because it won't be fun. Uh, okay, so that's cool. Um, another one we had down here was sensor replacements and installation. Yeah, um, a lot of the breathing air monitoring stuff, we can replace that. Okay. And make sure that it's calibrated. So if something's going wrong with your breathing air equipment, we can generally fix it on site. Some of it's light and some of it's sound, right? You can you can put a horn on those. Yes. Yeah, that'll yeah, warn you. That'll warn inside the booth so that the operator knows that, hey, something's going on with my fresh air. I'm hoping to do a, a podcast on breathable air here in, in the near future. And uh, one of the things, you know, I, I know there's been you know, a lot of tightening in that world as far as regs. Mm-hmm. And now it's been this way for a while, but if you didn't know on the breathable air that the from from the from the air source to the operator has to maintain the exact same manufacturer's yes. equipment all the way out. Hose, fittings, everything. Because there have been unfortunate situations where somebody grabbed something else and plugged it in, and it ended up being from a like a some kind of a, a tank that had other chemistry in it. Yes, that killed them quickly. So you got to be careful. So this is really important. Uh, maintenance contracts. Um, I guess that's a pretty broad. Yeah, a lot of times we go out, we do. Um, I guess pump room maintenance as far as paints are concerned, changing filters, things like that pump swaps uh we also any kind of 2k component do the maintenance on that because it requires a lot of maintenance most of the 2k stuff so okay are you seeing filter changes paint booth filter changes that hasn't come around for us yet um we actually have one contract with a a customer it's actually um the city of charlotte at one point in time uh where we did their uh their maintenance on their uh, one of their paint booths um, but we haven't done a whole lot of that. No. I would be talking about that pretty soon, I'm pretty sure. All right, so uh, we've talked about the emergency breakdowns and, and whatnot going out on site. A lot of that falls under under service contracts, right? Yes. But you probably also get your fair share of oops. And... Oh, yeah, yeah, I had one this morning, as a matter <laughs> no, of fact. So. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Can you, without telling us who, give us an example of what it is. Um, they actually over the weekend they forgot to flush out their unit. So um, uh, was it a pump or a paint mix? It was. It was a two K. Okay. Unit, so a proportioning system, yeah. and they didn't. Uh, so it's all locked up. Yeah, it with... was locked up. Yeah. Wow. So what you know that involves some pretty serious time. Yeah, it's complete tear down. And yeah. So luckily, they are one of our general uh, maintenance contracts, so they have spare parts. So it was easy as going and swapping out components and bringing it back here for okay. repair boy i i can imagine what you guys have seen i've i've spent a good time in the chattanooga office and i remember going back there one day and uh, opie was back there and a and a big pump came in 
and it was entirely covered in paint, hmm. like thick or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. It probably wasn't paint, but it was like the everlasting gobstopper when you went to start to break oh, through yeah. to try to get mm-hmm. into it. So some of that could be expensive, but sometimes cleaning those is a lot cheaper than buying a brand new one. You know what it they're going to pay you for the labor. Yep. So, um, and the last thing that that we talked about was that. If for some reason it's a rare situation and we and air power doesn't have a solution to the problem immediately, then that means we do not that. sell it. <laughs> yeah, that's probably right. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, that that happens to me in the field sometimes. They're yeah. like, uh, "How about this filter?" I'm like, "I have no idea what it is. Oh yeah, what's it supposed to do?" Yeah. <laughs> so, but. Uh, we've been good at trying to find uh, solutions for problems that we didn't even sell. Yes. So uh, when when it doesn't go right. I mean, not to name drop here, but we don't service anything from Harbor Freight. Nope. Nothing. Nope. Nothing. Nor, nor uh, what do we call it? Uh, never mind. I don't even <laughs> want to bring it up. But, yeah, we're not going to service. <laughs> no. um, you got to be careful. I mean, you know. I guess like when you're when you're working at home on a home hobby project, that's kind of what they're for. Right. You know, we're not talking, you know, like industrial long term, you know, uh abuse a piece of equipment right. and, and it still goes for a long time. Exactly. It's not like that. But you know, for woodsy woodsman like crafty stuff at home or basic auto repair, base you know, basic welding, basic tool cutting, whatever, is is okay. I'm still buying the English. In our world, yeah, right. that's right. That's right. It's just I think some of that's more accessible to the to the home right. guy, you know, the guy at home versus so anyway, maybe we can make that change happen. So uh <laughs> all you home hobby people <laughs> just keep us a call. One eight hundred three three four one zero zero one. I wanna thank these guys, Chris. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Tyler. It, Good doing this with you again. And, uh, again, 1-800-334-1001. Thanks for joining us. And I want to close this podcast out with what I always close it with. Manufacture it a great day. Thank you for joining the Air Power Airwaves podcast. Air Power Airwaves is a production of Air Power Inc. and Air Power Live Studios and is hosted by Travis Steyerwall. For more information, please visit airpowerairwaves.com. For more information on all of our products, brands, and manufacturing solutions, please visit airpower-usa.com. If you have any questions or need product support, please contact Air Power at 1-800-334-1001.